You may have a seat. Welcome, guys, to uh, Rock Fellowship. We're so glad that you've joined us for church today. Um, we want to say a hello to our online audience as well. If you're watching from Alaska or Arizona, Southern California, wherever you are, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you're, you know, you're having a good, uh, a good time. We hope you're having a good week. Um, we started a new series a few weeks ago, and the series is called I'm Going Through Something. And, you know, I, I really feel like this was one of those things that God was like, you got to do this, because I feel like the responses that we've been hearing from people, it just shows that, guess what? Everyone's going through something. Everyone's going through something. And so um, today we're actually going to conclude the series. Sometimes um, as I'm thinking about our message series and what to talk about, I feel like God wants us to talk about a certain thing, but he won't tell me how many times we're going to talk about it. So I'll be like, okay, we're going to do this. It's going to be like a four-parter. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, this is going to be a five-parter, a five-parter. And then next week, oh, this is going to be a six-parter. Like sometimes that happens, and this was kind of one of those things. We, were, we weren't really sure how long this series was going to go, but uh, we feel like this is the right time to end it on today's topic. And so we're going to conclude our series. Uh, I'm going through something today. Um, what we've been doing in this series is we've been kind of like, we've been kind of just hoping and praying that the things that we're going to talk about in church are actually what people are going through. You know, we know everyone's going through something. We don't know exactly what you're going through. And so we've been praying and hoping that God would show us what those things were. And so, um, for, for, so far, I feel like God has really moved. So the second week, two weeks ago, Pastor Jonathan talked to us about depression and loneliness and anxiety. And like that sermon was so, so good. And so if you guys haven't heard it, I want to encourage you to go back on our YouTube channel or our podcast and search for that message. It is really, really good. I think it's his best one yet. And so like it's, it was fantastic. Uh, last week, as Elliot, our praise leader, was talking about, we had a, a special guest speaker, Pastor Gina Lee from Southern California, and she talked about those of us who are struggling with burnout and how we can um, readjust or uh, kind of do things differently in our lives so that we might recover from being burnt out, trying to like do more and more and more, faster and faster and faster. And so, you know, like I was thinking about this series and I was like, honestly, this series can go for a really, really long time because there's a lot of you... And there's a lot of somethings. There's a lot of things that people are going through. And like we could just pick, pick topic after topic after topic. Um, but as I was like praying and, and, and thinking about this series, which was actually really difficult. I had three in mind. And I had three different ideas and I went through all of them. But in the end, this is kind of where we landed. And what we're talking about today is something that I have been going through. You guys know pastors go through stuff too, right? So it's something that I have been going through for the past 18, 20 months, really since you know, the pandemic and everything started, what I have been, have been dealing with, what I have seen and what I have been experiencing that has been difficult for me. Um, things that I've had that happened in my own life and to lives of people around me that have been really, really challenging. Um, and it's been discouraging, it's been disappointing, and it's been hard. And so that's kind of where I want to end this series, is, is kind of like just talking about something that I personally have been going through. That's my, I mean, I got a lot of somethings, but this is one of my, my somethings. So uh, what we're talking about today, and in this series, like, if this is your first time here, let me just kind of uh, explain to you what we're doing in this series. We're talking about different things that people are going through, but ultimately the goal is we want to help you get through the something that you're going through. Because everyone's going through something and we want to help. We want to be a church, we want to be a community where we speak into 
actual things that are going on in people's lives, and we hope we can help in some way. And we've been trying to do that in three ways, by giving you these three things, permission, perspective, and presence. Permission, perspective, and presence. First and foremost, we want you to know that it's okay that you're going through something. That life is hard and people go through stuff. And at church, you don't have to pretend. We all go through stuff. It's okay. And we also wanted to give perspective, hopefully a new way to look at it, to, to encourage you or challenge you, uh, things to do to kind of like maybe help the situation be better in some way. We wanted to give you perspective. And at the very least, if we can't really help, if we can't really solve the issues, we want to offer our presence. And we just want to be there for you. And so a part of this message series is, yeah, we're talking about all these things, but if you are going through something, we want to hear from you, and we want to pray with you, and we want to be there for you. So I encourage you to do that. Like I said, today's topic as we conclude the series is something that I have been dealing with, you know, for the past 18, 20 months. And what we're talking about today are broken relationships. Got super quiet in this room. We're talking about broken relationships. And uh, for me, this has been particularly challenging, and maybe you've seen this too, like friendships changing and friendships ending, you know, uh, conflict coming about within families and friends, people that were really close before over the last 20 months, like they're not speaking anymore. And I've, I've experienced it, and I've seen it, I've struggled with it, like many of you probably have as well. And so this has been probably one of the hardest things over the last 20 months to, to experience in my own life and see in the world around me. You know, these relationships that are strained and tense and broken. And so uh, I'm going to invite God to to be here with us. I'm going to invite you guys to pray as we enter this message because it's, it's a big deal. Um, it, it's, it's a hard topic to talk about. So let's pray. Father in heaven, I want to ask God that you be here in this place. And Father, I believe that you, you gave this topic to me for a reason. And um, I know that there are a lot of people struggling with this thing as well. And I ask God that your presence would be here, your Holy Spirit would move in the way it needs to move. And Father, may we just uh, experience you and hear your voice today. Your name we pray. Amen. So it was like super appropriate because, you know, we're talking, I was like, okay, I'm gonna talk about broken relationships. I'm gonna talk about like when you get offended, when people hurt you, when people say things, they betray you, like all that stuff. And like it was so appropriate because it, this morning, this morning, something happened. Uh, this morning, someone said something to me that offended me. And, uh, you know, I mean, you guys can can decide for yourselves whether it was worthy of me being offended. But it was, uh, it, it kind of bothered me, and it happened this morning. It happened at church. It was the first thing that actually I heard when I came to church. And it was someone from the church who said something to me. And this is like fresh, right? And, you know, normally I would like never say this person's name, but I will today. His name is Miles. Miles, if you don't know, is my five-year-old son. We got to church this morning, and we get out of the car, and I help him get out of his seats, and he, he steps down, he looks down, he looks at me, and he said, Dad, why are you wearing grandma's shoes?
I had no words. I was like, oh, what? And if you're watching online, you were like, man, what kind of shoes are you wearing today? I was like, what, 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 what do you, I was like speechless. And, and I was like offended. I was like, bro, you don't know fashion, okay? Like you stay in your lane, Miles, okay? Like you don't know what you're talking about. Mom dresses you every day. So you just be quiet, okay? And I was like, man, that was like, geez, I can't believe you said that. And it like, strangely, like, I'm, like, kind of being real with you guys right now. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I started looking at my shoes and reevaluating them. Grandma was in the car. She got out, and I was, like, checking out her shoes, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, they're both kind of shiny. I, I, I guess I can kind of see where it's coming from. But we're good now. Like, Miles and I, we're good. We're good. We're fine. We're cool. We're cool. He didn't say sorry, but I forgave him. I forgave him. But, you know, like, Whenever you have a relationship that is strained or broken or needing of repair, that's hard to do, isn't it? Like, it's hard to repair relationships that are not going very well. Like, we know how to start relationships. We know how to, you know, we know how to generally live in relationships. And even when you're ending a relationship, like you're breaking up, it's not easy, but you know what to do. But a lot of times when it comes to a relationship that's important to us, that was broken, we don't know, it's hard to know how to fix it. At least beyond, I'm sorry and I forgive you. Like, at least that much we know, right? Like, if we're in a relationship and something happens, a friend or a a loved one, a family member, a teacher, and someone does something that bothers you, offends you, you're hurt by it, and they say sorry to you, You can say, all right, I forgive you. Or if you're the one who did it, you can go, okay, let's fix the relationship. I'm sorry. But what about after that? Have you ever been in a situation where you said sorry, but it didn't fix everything? Where like you did something wrong and you you admit it and you go to them and you're like, I know what I did. I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I apologize. And it's like a real apology. But then that's not enough. Like, and, and then you've probably had the thought, and maybe you've even done this with your kids, or maybe you've done this with your parents, where you said sorry, but it didn't fix everything. And so what did you think? I said sorry. Why are you still mad? Which is something you kind of should never say. But, but we, we expect I'm sorry to fix everything. But what if it doesn't? We expect I forgive you to fix everything, but what if it doesn't? Because you can say I forgive you and never want to spend time with that person ever again. You can say I forgive you and have no relationship. That is possible, isn't it? So my question and the question I want you to be asking today, if you think about these relationships that are strained and you have tension, how do you repair them beyond I'm sorry and I forgive you. What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do next? So the idea that that we need to grasp today, and the main concept that we need to grasp today is this idea of reconciliation. 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 And reconciliation is really simply a restoration of a relationship. A restoration of a relationship, which sounds actually very simple. Okay, so this relationship is not good. Let's restore it. That's reconciliation. But how do you do that? 
how do you reconcile with people? You know, like these days for the last 20 months, man, I've seen and I've experienced friendships changing. Have you guys experienced that? Maybe like they said something to you or they posted something and the thought is like, I didn't know they were like that. I didn't know they actually thought like that. And something changed in your mind when you saw them. And you're like, uh, I don't know if we can really hang out. Like I've seen this and experienced it. And so in this time, like, man, so maybe it's so appropriate that we talk about the art of reconciling. How do we reconcile with people? How do we rebuild relationships that are broken? How do we, how do we get past the hurt and the pain? And how do we heal? So reconciliation, the restoration of relationship, one thing that you have to understand, and this is, the, this is like the really crazy thing about reconciliation, the goal of reconciliation is not actually reconciliation. The goal of reconciliation is not actually reconciliation. I know you guys are like, what are you even talking about? The reason why I say that the goal of reconciliation is not actually reconciliation is because you cannot guarantee that reconciliation will happen. There's, it takes two to tango. So in a relationship, you can want it and they could want it, but there's no guarantee that reconciliation will happen. No guarantee. There's no way to know. You can't force reconciliation. In fact, if you do force reconciliation, it's not actually reconciliation. So a restored relationship is the hope of reconciliation. You hope that things will be okay. You hope that everything is going to be all right. But it's not the goal. The goal of reconciliation is no regrets. This is the goal. That you can say at the end of it, I did everything everything I could. I did everything I could. I opened the doors. I broke down the walls. I removed the obstacles and I made the way and I made the space. That's the goal of reconciliation. By the end of it, to be able to say that I was faithful in this, by, I was faithful and obedient to what the Bible says in Hebrews, where it says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Like, I did that. I did everything I could. I have no regrets. I tried my best, I did everything I could. But today as we talk about this idea of reconciliation, we want to talk about how this happens and how we can begin incorporating this into our lives. And I think one of the best people in the entire Bible that, that would be an expert on reconciliation was the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, his story comes to us in the book of Acts, and he, he, he's, this, he's this amazing church leader that, that, that changed the world, that changed the faith, and, and it was amazing. But, but in, in, in the book of Acts, you get introduced to Paul, but his name was Saul at the time. And he has an or, his origin stories in Acts chapter 9. And he has the greatest origin story in the entire Bible, okay? Because uh, the Apostle Paul, before he was Paul, he was Saul, and he was this guy who was actively against the church and was trying to actively destroy what God was building. He was trying to actively do that. He was an enemy of the church. Or he was, his, his job was to go around and destroy Christians. That's what his job was. And he would go out to here and there in this city, find Christians, hunt them down, arrest them, or kill them. And when he saw it, when he saw Christians die for their faith, before his very eyes, he felt nothing. 
he felt like he was doing the right thing. Like if you don't like Christians, Paul's your guy. This is what his life was, man. This is everything he did. This was his life work was to stomp and squash this movement called Christianity, to destroy all the followers of Jesus. And then one day, on his mission, on a mission to keep doing what he's doing, on, the, on his way to go destroy more lives, this happens. In Acts chapter 9, it says, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice to him saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? See, it turns out he wasn't just persecuting the followers, he was persecuting Jesus himself. And in this moment, he has this conversion, and he's changed. And he goes from the enemy of the church to not only a member, to not only a leader, but the guy who would expand the church further and faster than anyone else. And his life is completely, completely turned around. And what he experiences is reconciliation. He experiences reconciliation. And then he writes about it later to a church in Corinth that is dealing with squabbles and fights. Right, so could you imagine what that's like for Paul? Right, he, he, he experiences this rec reconciliation. We'll talk about what that meant and what that looked like for him. And then later, he, one of his churches, they're fighting each other. And they're like, the relationships within that church are breaking up. People are calling each other out. They're spreading rumors about each other. They're lying about each other. Sides are being, being taken. And people are hating each other. And they're fighting for all these ridiculous things. And he writes a letter to them. And he talks about reconciliation. Who better to talk about reconciliation than Paul? And this is what he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, all this is from God. Now i got to stop there really quick. He says, all this is from God. Right now we don't know what this is, right? You're like, what is this? And we're going to get to that. And that's the, kind of the important part of today's message. But he says, all this, whatever this is, comes from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So the this that we'll talk about later is a result of God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. See, what Paul is talking about in this, in this moment, in this, in this letter, he's talking about what he experienced. That he experienced reconciliation. That he was at odds with God, he was against God, his relationship with God was broken, but God did something that enabled him to once again be brought back into a restored relationship with God. You know, we talk a lot in church about this idea of a relationship with God. And this is what we talk about. This is like the goal. Like this is what it's all about, right? Like coming to church and worshiping and singing and serving and reading the Bible. All of that is for the purpose of having a relationship with God. Like if you come here every single week and you don't have this, something is missing. You're not really experiencing all that God has for you because it's all about a relationship with God. But a relationship with God is only possible because of the ministry of reconciliation. A relationship with God is only possible because of the ministry of reconciliation. So this is kind of huge because a lot of us, when we think about uh, what God did for us and what Jesus did on the cross, we talk about what? 
forgiveness. Oh, Jesus forgave my sins. But did you guys know that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just forgive your sins, but he also reconciled you to him. Because as we were talking about earlier, you can forgive someone and not have a relationship with that person. You can forgive someone and never want to see them again. You can forgive someone and not have any type of relationship with them. But your heavenly father, when he saw us and he saw that we had a broken relationship, he said, not only will I forgive them, but I want what? A relationship with them. So when he sent Jesus to die on the cross, yes, he died for our sins, but he also made a way to actually have a relationship with him. The cross is huge, not just because of the forgiveness, but because of reconciliation. Look what he says in Romans chapter 3. For everyone has sinned, and this is the New Living Translation, I like this. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of, the glorious, of God's glorious standards. We have a broken relationship, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. So that's the restoration and reconciliation. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. When Jesus died on the cross, he removed every obstacle and every barrier between us and him in order for us to have a relationship. He didn't just, I forgive your sins. Doesn't matter anymore. I forgive your sins. No, 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 no. It's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. It is what makes it possible for us to have a relationship with him. So Paul is like in this moment, and he's like loving it, right? Because Paul was an enemy. He, he, he met Jesus, and he was reconciled, and he has a relationship with him. And he's looking at this church fighting. He's like, guys, 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 Jesus died for us, and we can have, we can have a relationship with him. Like everything Everything that you guys did to each other, you have done way worse to God and he's reconciled you. Right? All the stuff that you're doing to each other, all the things that you're mad at, you did way worse to God and he still loved you and he still reconciled you to himself. And this is where the this comes from. This is my favorite part of today's message. This is where the this. This is possible in verse 16 and 17 because of the ministry of reconciliation. And he says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Do you guys ever have those uh, conversations with somebody and, and you, you, you say something to them? I think Pastor Junior kind of alluded to this last week in the message where you're like, hey, so I have a friend who needs this. So, you know, I have a friend, but really you're not talking about a friend, you're talking about who? You're talking about yourself. I feel like Paul is doing this in this verse. He's like, we don't do this. We don't do this. But he's really talking about himself. He's saying, we do not regard, let me put that on the screen one more time. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. What does that mean? A worldly point of view is when you look at someone and you're like, that person's crazy. That person's crazy. I can't believe they actually believe that. It's when you read a post online and you said, how could they actually believe that? They must be a dummy. They must not have done the research. How could they actually think that? That's what he's talking about, a worldly point of view. I can't believe that. I thought they were smarter than that. 
He says, we don't regard people from a worldly point of view. And he's talking about in the church. We don't regard people from a, a, from, from a worldly point of view. That guy's a bozo. I can't believe they would think that. I can't believe they would say that. That person's evil. I'm pretty sure they're actually evil. You have seen that before. You've probably heard that before. That's what he's talking about. That's the worldly point of view. He says, though we once regarded Christ in this way, this is where he's like, we, as in what I really mean is me. We do so no longer. Because remember, what did Paul think? When he looked at Jesus or when he heard about Jesus, he's like, that guy's crazy. He thinks he's the son of God. That guy's insane. His followers actually think he's the son of God. That guy, those guys are crazy. They must be misled. They are, have been duped. They, are, they, are, they must be dumb. They haven't done the research. They haven't really thought about it. They haven't really thought it through. These guys are crazy. That Jesus guy, he said he's going to destroy the temple. He's evil. He's trying to destroy the fabric of our society. We need to get rid of him. And these followers, they're so stupid that they're dangerous because they're going around spreading this misinformation and these lies and people are actually believing it. They're crazy. This is exactly what Paul thought about Jesus. He's like, I don't, I have to admit it, this is what I thought. But because of the ministry of reconciliation, I don't see Jesus that way anymore. And I don't see other people that way, in that way, anymore. This is what is possible. This is the this. And then this is what he says in verse 17. Therefore, so remember he's like, we don't see people in the worldly point of view anymore. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new, uh, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. If you've grown up in church, you've heard this verse before. And you've probably seen this verse on a t-shirt. You've probably seen this verse on a mug. You've probably seen someone post this on January 1st, right? Like this is the, the verse of New Year's resolutions. This is the verse of like, I'm gonna go work out. I'm a new creation. Thank the Lord. Praise Jesus. He died for my sins. I'm gonna go work out and get swole this year, right? Like I'm gonna save more money. Praise Jesus because I'm a new creation, right? Like this is that verse of newness and it's awesome. Like I love that idea of new. I love new things. I, lo I love all that stuff. Some of you guys, you know, you love when you get your new clothes, you get your new sneakers. Like, we love that idea of something fresh, brand new. And it's all true, right? In Christ, we are all a new creation. Like, the past is gone. The old is gone. Everything that, that bogged you down in your past, it no longer applies because of what Jesus did on the cross. Like, that's all true. But the context of this verse has a different meaning. And this kind of blew my mind. Because the context of this verse is not so much about me as it is about other people. You know what I'm saying? He says, I don't see people in a worldly point of view. Everyone else is a new creation in Jesus. So this is less about I'm a new creation and more about, wait, 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 wait. That guy that is so annoying that I hate, he's a new creation. That person that I completely disagree with, in Christ, they are brand new. Right? This is less about a fresh start for me and more about me giving a fresh start to other people. And he says, this is possible because I've been made new. Because I have been reconciled. See, beyond I'm sorry and I forgive you, Reconciliation begins here. To be able to see people no longer from a worldly point of view. 
to begin to see that they are a new creation. To be able to give them a fresh start. Reconciliation begins, this is challenging, this is really hard, guys. Reconciliation begins with being able to disassociate someone from their past mistakes and offenses. This is extremely difficult. Like, I'm not saying this is easy at all. Yeah, I'm challenging us to do it, but this is so hard. This is hard for me. This is hard for everybody. Reconciliation begins when you're able to disassociate, disconnect someone from what they did to you. To look at them apart from the pain they cause you. That's where reconciliation begins. If you don't get there, you will not reconcile. Like this is extremely hard. Really, and, and so an, an easier way to say it, to be able to look at the person who hurt you, to be able to look at the person you disagree with, to be able to look at the person that offended you, and to say to them, you are not what you did. You are not what you did. You are more than what you did to me. You are not your offense. You are not your mistake. You are not what you said when you were angry. You are not what you did when you were stressed out. You are more than what you did in your lowest moments. That's so hard, isn't it? Like in the middle of a fight, maybe between you and your spouse, or you and your family, you and your parents or you and your brothers and sisters, when they said that thing that they, you knew they said it to you because they wanted to hurt you, to be able to stop in that moment says, you are more than that. To walk away from that relationship, to walk away from that fight and that argument to say, you know what, that's not them. That's the anger talking. That's the stress talking. That's the burnout talking. That's the depression talking. That's the loneliness talking. Like you are not what you said, and you are not what you did. So the Apostle Paul is saying, Jesus did that for me. He looks at me, and he looks at you, and he says to us, you are not what you did. And he's like, I know all of it, but you are more than that. You are not. Why Jesus is able to disassociate us from our past mistakes and offenses. To be able to say to people, you are not what you did. Man, that's so hard. That is so hard to be able to do that. And even now, like, I'm hoping that as we th talk about this, like, relationship and strained relationships, like, someone comes to mind. That there's someone in your head that a face comes to mind or a name comes to mind or a relationship comes to mind. And when you're thinking about saying that, you are not what you did to that person probably makes you want to leave right now and walk out of this room. And I get that. This is hard. And it's understandable. It's understandable to associate for the rest of your life a person with the pain they caused you. That when you look at that person, all you can see is all the pain they caused you. That is so understandable, guys. I get it. I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense. It makes complete sense to look at your betrayer, and every time you see them, all you can do is feel the betrayal. I get it. It's understandable. It's completely human. 
But the harsh truth I have to give you guys today is, yes, it's understandable and it's human, but it's not Christ-like. And that's hard. And I'm not saying you have to do this to everyone. I'm not saying you have to do this to everyone, every relationship, every person, every person who hurt you or annoyed you or made you mad or, or, or betrayed you. You don't have to do this to everyone, but I feel like if we're honest in this moment, there are probably a few relationships that you look at the state it's in right now and you think, I wish, I wish, I wish it could be better. I wish we could have reconciliation. And God shows us where it begins. It begins being able to disassociate someone from their mistakes and their past to be able to look honestly and say, you are not what you did. Let the Apostle Paul talk to us about it. He said, that's what Jesus said to me. He said, Paul, I know what you did. I know how many people you killed. I knew them by name. I knew their family and I knew their kids. I know how many people you put into prison. I know how many, people, how many people's lives you destroyed. I know how many people did not believe because of what you did. I know all that. I know the things you said about me. I know the things you said about me to other people. I know all of that. But Paul, you're not what you did. And Chris, I've seen all you've done too. I know about all the times you were unethical. I know about all the times that you said one thing and did another thing. I know about all the times you, you faked this. I know about all the times that you lied. I know about all the times you did the wrong thing. I know what you thought about that person and that person. I know what you assumed about that person. And I know about the times when you were angry at me and you were immature and you yelled at me and you were you're acting like a little child with me. I know all of that. But Chris, when I look at you, I know you are more than your past. And he's saying that to you right now. He knows all of it, guys. And he's like, but you're not that. That's just your past. You are not that. That's the ministry of reconciliation. And so some of us, you know, maybe one of the things, and I don't know if everyone is going through this, but some of us have been going through this and seeing relationships fall apart around us. And some we have no choice. Some has nothing to do with us. And some we have no control over. But what we do have control over is the possibility of reconciliation. What we do have control over is the ability to sit there and think and move towards a place where we can tell that to people. You are not what you did. I mean, imagine if that's how you approached your latest conflict. Imagine if that's how you approached that one fight that you had that has ruined everything. Like, what if you had it then? What if you were able to do that then? As we close this series, man, I realize that a lot of people are going through a lot of stuff. We talked about it, depression, loneliness, burnout, stress, feeling overwhelmed, 
isolation, racism, all these things, fear, confusion, right? Like that was one of the topics I was like, what do we talk about when we're confused? Man, there's so much confusion. There's so many things that people are going through right now. Wouldn't it be better if we didn't have to go through those things alone? And that's why I'm talking about this today. Your relationships will help you get through. So let's do what we can to make them healthy. Let's do what we can. And you know, we can't force it. Like I said, the goal is not reconciliation. We can't make it happen. We can hope for it, but at least let's have no regrets. And let's ask for God to give us that power, that ability. The New Living Translation actually says the ability to to not regard people from a worldly point of view is a gift from God. Like maybe let's pray for that gift from God, that we can look at people around us and separate them from their mistakes and separate them from their offenses and separate them from their past. Because God did it for you. And he did it for me. So I really have just like one ask as we close this, this, this message and this series. Whatever person is in your head, whatever name comes to mind, whatever relationship that is, like Jesus, make the first move. Make the first move. Take the first steps to remove all the obstacles, to create a space and a path for reconciliation. I know it's hard, guys. I know it's hard. This is not easy. But can you imagine your life? Can you imagine a life where your most important relationships are whole? Then all the some things that we might go through, it's going to be a lot easier. So that's my challenge for you guys as we, as we close this series. Take a step forward. Make a move. Maybe it's just you praying to God, God, give me that perspective. Give me that gift. Help me not to regard this person from a worldly point of view, like the person who hurt me, the person who who betrayed me. Maybe that's where you're at. Or maybe it's time to have a conversation. Maybe it's time to pick up the phone. Maybe it's time to send a text. Because God wants you to have healthy relationships all over your life. That's his will for you, and that's what he wants for you. And he's made that possible because in Christ, we all can be brand new, new creations, loving one another in whole relationships. So if if that's where you're at, I challenge you guys. I know it's not easy, but take that step. Take that step and see what happens. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I want to thank you, Lord, for... Man, this tough, tough message, God. You know, and, and sometimes messages like this that challenge us to do two things, like this is the last thing that we want to do. You know, I wonder, God, sometimes why you give these messages to me. And I wonder why that's what you chose as the topic to conclude our series today. But Father, as I kind of think about it, Lord, the impact it could make in our lives, it's huge, God. So, Father, I just pray that you be with each person here who listened today and anyone who listened online and meet us where we are. And we may not be ready to forgive. We may not be ready to 
really restore the relationships. But meet us where we are. And at least today, let us realize, God, that we have received this amazing gift of reconciliation. We can have a relationship with you. And that anything that anyone has done to us is less than what we've done to you. Father, I pray, God, that in this moment, as we understand that, Lord, you would transform us from the inside out to, as Paul said, no longer regard people in a worldly point of view. That we can separate people from their mistakes and the hurt that we feel. Lord, I pray, God, for healing in our important relationships today. Give us courage. Give us humility. Give us understanding. Give us presence. Just be with us, Father, as we struggle through these times. But let us struggle together. In your name we pray.